Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. late-night conservative talk show in America, Backhands Radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late-night conservative talk, the best late night conservative talk show in America. In America. In America. And in this web was a large, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest spider I've ever seen. That was the biggest spider I'd ever seen that night. I'm not talking to you right now. Why? Why do you have to be this way at all? Come on. You should be happy. You're not even doing the show right now. <laughs> I am doing the show right now. You're not. You have your earbud in. You're listening to the last two innings <laughs> of the World Series. Yeah. Boston is up 6-1 to one right yes. now. Yes. And you're hoping that they can clinch the World Series at Fenway the first time since 1903. Oh, 95 years ago. 95 years ago. Yeah. So why are you even here? <laughs> If you can see Sean right now, he literally has his headphones, like, one side flipped off and his iPod here, like, in the other one. So if he, like, is, yes, or, oh, shoot, he, it's not that he has Tourette's. No offense to anybody with Tourette's. Ken. But I do um, not have but it. But he does not have it. And, sorry, Rooster. Um, and nor is he senile. I, well, well, it's he's actually that's actually arguable. I could the World Series. I would give that to you that you could argue that, but I I might be going a little more senile as time goes on. <laughs> See your phrases right now are all disjointed. They're not making any sense because you're listening to a baseball game. I am listening to a baseball game, and I'm sorry. And I know we have a ton to talk about tonight. No, I don't blame you. If but... it was Oakland in the playoffs, I wouldn't even be here. So the fact that you are seated in that chair right now. I give you major, major props, especially when we're talking about game six, when they literally could be six outs away from clinching. In less, three outs now. They're coming up bottom of the eighth. Yeah, deep breaths. Deep breaths, kids. Deep breaths. could breath. be one inning away. <laughs> Don't remind me. So we have so much to get to tonight. 
Sabilis. Hopefully we don't have to talk about blown uh, World <laughs> blown Series World games. Series games. Right. I would actually just slam the door and leave. <laughs> I would leave the show. Sorry, folks. I, I appreciate you guys checking in with us, but you know what? I would get right out. Um, Sibelius testified today. Obamacare is a mess. We have Agenda 17 to get to tonight. We do have Agenda 17 to get to tonight. Uh, let's see what else is on the board. World Series. We already started with that. Yep. We're going to go through the list of what Obama doesn't know. Yes, we are. And, uh, you know, our usual fun and excitement that we uh, bring every single week, except for last week, of conservative fury. Right. To the good people people of America. And next week, we have been gone a lot. We have. Um, Next week, I will be gone. However, I will be uh, be down in Los Angeles. Yep, you'll be Um, calling in on assignment. I'll be calling in um, and, and doing the show. Uh, from the LA area, absolutely. So you just look like a kid that got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. So this is what. I, so I'm looking at my screens. Okay, we're in. We are. We are in the silo. We're. In, I got to paint the picture here. And I, he he seems it's kind of like when kids are too quiet, right? Sean was a little too quiet. Usually he's fidgeting in his chair or munching a cookie. Or I'm something. usually running around. Okay, he's like usually a chicken with its head cut off doing the show. And I did stuff. do stuff today. And and so it's quiet over there. So I have to look. And as soon as I make eye contact with him, he rips the earbud from his ear. <laughs> Little Vienna sausage fingers just reached right up there. I'll tell you, it, it is. It, this is a big deal to me. You know that, and, and I apologize. I'm going to try to keep it together as much as I can. I make zero promises. Uh, look, I get it. You may have to carry <laughs> five hours of the show. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I didn't know if I was going to be here on time, and I'm I, uh, certainly glad you actually made it. Yes, I was. I was uh, down in Fresno, California. There's nothing in Fresno, California, but I was there for some strange reason. And uh, like I said, nothing in Fresno. <laughs> um, Saka, listen, stop with the lies. We all knew you weren't born there. We all knew it's still questionable. Where's your you birth certificate? <laughs> Listen, we're going to start a fackhead birther conspiracy right here. <laughs> Bulldog birth certificate. <laughs> um, so I literally just got in, uh, got into the studio, what, five, five minutes ago, minutes yeah. before uh, the show started. So I'm, I'm still settling down, settling down, taking a breath. He did run out of jet fuel. Right he had a coat back here. Yeah, yeah nice, <laughs> nice try. Um, so. So many wonderful, amazing things. Happen. I know it has been amazing. Obamacare rollout has been outstanding. It's been very smooth. Um, he has look. The president's upheld uh, his promise because he's the the um, dictator in chief, right? And, and so when he says everybody can keep their insurance, he should be able to say that and it be true because the companies are not private, and so they can't dump. Oh wait, the companies are private and they can hmm. and then drop. they also had to adjust all of the Listen, the rollout's going great so he's, he's completely uh, <laughs> kept his word on things and um Medi- medicare um enrollments aren't up which is good because nope. that would mean that actually, people that, are, that means that people are actually paying into the program which means it's actually going to work longer what'd you say medicaid is up Extensive. No, it can't be because see, if, if Medicaid is up um, a significant amount, then then 
there's not going to be money in the pool to pay for. A majority of the signups recently, early reports, because, as Sabila said today, we can't get the exact numbers to middle of November. Weird. Um, no, 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 no. Didn't um, that other that other? I'm going to use a term that's going to infuriate some people, <laughs> but Rooster is going to give me props for it. Ready? That one broad testified <laughs> that um, she had the numbers, but she didn't want to give them out. Right? Well, we made the, a decision was made not that we to can't give them, give them out. out yet. Now yeah. they're saying that broad said that. Um, well, now, that, but now they're saying that broad may have not been right. Okay. And, and that that broad may have been like. Uh, what I mean is we can't give them out until November, <laughs> until we're ready. <laughs> and then this other broad testified today. I'm just going to search the hashtag war on women on Twitter now and make sure that we're not trending because we're totally kidding. Oh, no, I'm, I, I bet we're trending right now. <laughs> Why is it if we use broad in that sense, we're like hate mongers, but if we say, well, it's a broad spectrum of issues. I, listen, it, it gets used as much as... <laughs> You know, uh, however they want to use it, they use it. You know that as well as I do. No, so a, a majority of the people, which, by the way, our good friend Greg Phillips from Voters Trust, Jump Vote, um, said last week in a tweet before anyone started talking about it, you watch. All these numbers are going to come out, and a majority of the people signing up are going to be Medicaid. What are you talking about? They've had over like 5 billion hits on the website. <laughs> Right? That's huge traffic. That's like five quintillion. That's, so people have to be signing up, right? I'm sure most of those are out of curiosity and news people trying to get on a thousand times each to set up an account. But that's, that's listen, that's beside the point. It's the people that really, really want health care and, and really want to use a website that works. Funny story. The website doesn't work. And I was talking about this. <laughs> it hasn't worked. Sunday, Monday, it crashed. It's been a complete mess. Everybody knows that. Um, How much did it cost when they got Anywhere from $175 million to, I'm seeing, 292 I know a guy who can make that website. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the funny part. There are reports flying around. I haven't confirmed. I know some people said it has been confirmed, but I haven't been confirmed yet that um, friends of Michelle Obama that she went to school with is part of the CGI company that's doing the website. That's weird. So the, this one of the broads that runs CGI, the company, <laughs> <laughs> the website. Um, Hang on. The password today is broads. <laughs> the password is broads. <laughs> You know I'm still going to get slapped for that at some point. One, yeah. Absolutely. Saka, what's going on? Are you having a hard time over there? Ah, uh, I know. It's pissing me off, too. Sorry, guys. Blacklink won't be on the website today. It's just failing, so that's a shame. But it happens. You know why? Because I think Obamacare website is run through Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so there's all these disastrous things that are going on with Obamacare. And yet, during the Sebelius' testimony today. The Sebelius. You just referred Sibelius. to her as the Sebelius. Nice work. Hey, I do what I can. Not one Democrat had the spine to really call her out on it. There was a couple softball questions, but not one stood up and went, hey, you know what? 
You're in charge. You're the boss. Why are you pointing at me? I, I know you that. You are the boss. I know this. Um, what, I think disabilities is what I meant. Oh. But what is going on here? Why is this? You know, we promised. Okay, all of our now you ask the question. Hold on, hold on. We promised our constituents Obamacare. We promised them that we would actually get this website up. We said at the beginning of October you could sign up. They didn't want Obamacare. Who didn't? The constituents. Well, that doesn't matter. They promised them they were going to get it. It didn't matter who wanted it or who didn't want it. Oh. They promised told, I think is the best way to do okay. it, that they were going to get it. We had all this time to get everything ready, and it's a humongous failure. And not one Democrat had the audacity to of look hope. in the eye and say, what in the hell is wrong with you? Why is this not working? They all threw us softballs. And listen, it is well known that people on both sides of the aisle are frustrated about this. Obviously, the uh, uh, GOP is frustrated for their reasons. But a lot of Democrats who voted support it are frustrated that it's going off with such an awful beginning that they're mad, but they had an opportunity to say it. And you, you, know, you watch them on the pundit shows and everything, and, oh, well, this is upset and this is completely ridiculous. We can't believe this is happening. And then they get a chance to confront Sibelius, the Sibelius, and they say nothing. It is the most amazing, what's the word I'm looking for? Crap. Douchebaggery. Douchebaggery. That I have seen Listen, in a long Sean, here's, here's what you're failing to understand. Obamacare is not just a website. <laughs> That's their new talking point. Obamacare is not just a website. No, you jackasses. That's how you have to access it. Right, because right? if you try by phone, there's like a three-day wait. Right, and you get you become a victim of ID theft. Right. Which, if, which maybe, by the way, explains why Experian is one of those experts that the government called on to roll this thing out, right? Yes. Because you're going to need a credit agency to protect you and to help repair your credit when these parolees taking your phone call oh. – gets your personal information and uses it against you. I think we just solved a major question, and conservative outcry raised the question, why was Experian one of the experts called upon? And I think that's a valid reason. What do you think? I think you're 100% right. That is a valid reason. Um, Listen, we know there's going to be fraud. We don't want to be called on the carpet. We're going to need, in addition to Obamacare, we're going to need a credit (laughs) agency to help repair people's credits after they get victimized by the people that we hire. So we might as well have Experian on board before it So we're just going to get them on board, right. We're going to have a whole bunch of ex-cons running the uh, – Or current cons. Listen, cheap labor, right? You might as well have prisoners. You might as well have them do it. They have rights too, First of all, it teaches them a skill. Right? <laughs> That's some skill. And it's a lot nicer than chain gangs. Way, way, way nicer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, that would be so great. You knock on the door and you open it, and there's a guy in an orange jumpsuit in there. <laughs> and I always picture it like, uh, like the old style, warden style. Uh, um, guard standing behind him with the shotgun and the mirrored sunglasses and 
asking the question, boy. Hi, I'm here from the federal government. May I come into your home and sign you up for Obamacare? <laughs> Can you just imagine? It's like a bad Saturday Night Live skit. No, see here, if I'm this not... is on Saturday Night Live this week, you know we are Here's what here's what here's what I picture. I picture like a cell block, okay, and <laughs> a phone and bank in a cell yeah, block. Yeah, but instead of like a wood shop or a metal shop, because that's like hard labor, right? Right. Instead of like breaking rocks in the yard, they have a, a phone room set up, and they have phones on the desk, and phone lines get transferred in, and you have a bunch of um, prisoners in orange jumpsuits with headsets on, right? <laughs> Reading from a script. Good evening. Thank you for calling the Obamacare Health. What does it say? <laughs> Line. Please tell me what you're wearing. My name. <laughs> Can I smell you? <laughs> oh, Repeat your well, social security number Democrats, again. Right? Oh yeah. So what difference does it make? <laughs> this is just totally insane. But sadly, it, 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 it it's not that far off. Rooster brought up a good point. Says it could be outsourced to India. Hey, you know what? Don't harsh our buzz, Rooster. Okay, <laughs> that's actually a valid point. We're making fun of something here and answering an important question about a credit reporting agency. <laughs> I how's the game going? Uh, top of the ninth. They're just about to start it. Socks just need three outs to win. Um, I'm trying so hard to be engaged for this segment. It's not even funny, folks. You want to take like a 15 minute break? No, no. I will. Do you want to? Are you going to be able to go if I walk away for 10, 15 minutes? Oh, sure. Yeah, I. <laughs> I got this. All right. What? Are... <laughs> so you have to. You know. This is one of the biggest rollouts from the federal government ever. It doesn't matter if it's the website or if it's not. This is one of the biggest rollouts from the word go. Um, from the word Obama. From the word Obamacare. Back in 2010, they knew it was coming and starting. They had three years to prepare. They hire a website company that was fired by the Canadian government. Hey, these are our guys. We're going to nail it. We're going to hire the guys that screwed up so bad. They were fired by Canada, the nicest people on the face of the planet. Right, and then some broad to run it. <laughs> and they said, I'm going to get so much hate mail over this. Oh. By the way, I love getting hate mail. I should actually read some on, online one day. We try. I, I do have to give her credit in one respect. Okay. She did say uh, today to the American people, quote, you deserve better. I apologize. I'm accountable to you for fixing these problems. Uh, look, I have to give her credit for that. Yeah, she, I, I, think, I think she had to say that. Right. Especially after she said, well, I don't work for the people that are calling for my resignation. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's another wonderful quote by Sibelius. Oh, I don't work for those people that call for my resignation. Hey, I got bad news for you there, sister. I have no idea who you think pays you, but – Guess what? Some of the people that are calling for your resignation pay you. You work for them. You work for the federal government vis-a-vis. You work for the American people. So if this is her understanding of how government works, she never should have. It is. 
She's a progressive. She does think that's how government works. She believes that there is a ruling class. Absolutely. Okay? She doesn't believe in a government for the people. It'd be like somebody running for Senate, okay, <laughs> and a senator who should have a good, solid understanding of the Constitution and how it was written. It'd be like a senator being asked a question like about the 17th Amendment. Okay, and then, and then completely blowing that question out of the water because they have absolutely no idea how our government was originally set up to be. <sighs> I just drew a parallel there. And people that listen to Ken's show completely know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but she, she honestly believes that's how government works. It's, it's like when they say, well, you could keep your plan, but you know why you're getting dumped from your plan is because – the plan wasn't good enough. It didn't provide. It didn't meet it the didn't mandates. Meet the, the we, mandates. we require the right. better for you. Exactly. Yeah, but it's going to cost me way more money. My deductible's going up. My copay's going or up. Or I liked the plan I was on. Okay, and that's 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 kind of where we're going. We're I, I like the plan I was on. So she believes in that ruling class. She believes that she ha- she knows best. Her people know what's best for you. And oh, we're doing it. For your own good, and, but that, but that you can't make a decision based upon yourself because you really don't know what's good for you. So we passed this law, and if your health insurance, if your health insurance canceled you, it's due to the fact that your your plan wasn't good enough. It's due to the fact that you weren't you didn't have adequate coverage, and it doesn't matter that you're a man and you don't need maternity insurance or insurance for for childbirth. You don't need a plan that covers anything like that, but you get canceled. So I think that's where we are um, with with uh, with Sibelius and and with this class. And it just goes to show the mindset of the Democrats and the progressive movement. Sako, what do you think on this? I mean, you, you you're 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 a you're a younger man, and, and from a from a from your point of view, what do you think? I know you're not a big politician. He, he's a huge politician. Well, no, so, no. So here's here's my point of view on it. Uh, Did your health insurance get get canceled? I need fraternity leave, and I need my uh, my women time at the. I need my women time. <laughs> no, no. It should be where you can pick your own health insurance for what you need, what covers you. You know, if I have um, problems with breathing, I should be able to go in and look at some health coverage plans and find one that suits me for the needs I'm looking for. Okay. Right. So individual choice is what you're saying. Yeah, I should have a choice, right? This is a we should we a free country, right? Well, yeah, supposedly. (laughs) Well, so but the government knows better, right? Does the government know better what what you and what you need for your family? (laughs) No. Yeah. Why not? They're the federal government. Okay. I feel like I'm going to say something stupid here. That's okay. It's Fat Cat's radio. You can't. Do you have health insurance? I do have health insurance. Did it get canceled or changed at all? I got a letter for a cancellation. You did? I did. Gee, were you happy with your health insurance? Uh, honestly, I'm so young, I never use it. I think I used it once. Okay. So you didn't need – Well, Sean just literally blew a gasket as the Red Sox just won the World Series. I don't know those of you.
I'm Lori, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn on how the founders viewed God as the source of our equality and legal rights. America's founders knew, obviously, that human beings are not equal in terms of strength or beauty or in terms of intelligence, industry, or talents. They understood that because of such differences, differences in talents and things like that, some people will be wealthier than others. But human beings are equal, the founders believe, in their possession of natural rights, such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. Today, many Americans reject this equality of rights in order to pursue equality of conditions through redistribution, or spreading the wealth around, to use a famous formulation. This is destructive of liberty as the founders understood it. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. I know, I know I've said it before. Check out our friends at conservativeoutcry.net, but I really mean it. If you want interesting and exciting political commentary and analysis, that is the place to get it. Different, always spot on, always truthful, never pulling a punch. Conservativeoutcry.net. Tell Rooster to get Bulldog back on and that Sackheads Radio sent you. And also, coming soon... The Sackheads Radio Forum on conservativeoutcry.net. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Politigal Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L Network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, Check out PolitigalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitigalUSA. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. So we're back, and I apologize for the interruption. Uh, Sox win. If anyone listens to the show on a regular basis and knows me, this is a huge deal. First time in 95 years they've won it at home at Fenway Park. They've won three in the last 10 years. Um, for me personally, it's just a huge, huge emotional moment. I know it's only sports to some people, but for me, that's my hometown, especially after the Boston Marathon bombings this year that Red Sox were a very integral part of uh, keep, keeping that city together and recovering and spending a lot of time, effort, and money um, the players themselves and the organization, giving to the victims, helping recover. Um, so this win is not just about baseball this year. Um, it, it is about uh, being Boston strong. And uh, those, those guys did a hell of a job of keeping that on the forefront of people's minds. They raised so much money for that effort. Um, they really did that on top of playing 168, 72 games of baseball, whatever it turned out to be. So it is a big year for me emotionally on both sides of just winning 
the World Series, which is huge. I mean, let's face it, that's an yeah. enormous thing. It is. Um, but com- compile that along with uh, uh, the bombings and what that team did for that city, my hometown. Um, I congratulate them and my, my brothers and sisters back in Boston. So Absolutely. And it, brings, world. and it brings something else to mind also. Um, clearly there was a major uh, traumatic event in Boston with the bombings, and the Red Sox then just happened to win the World Series. So clearly there needs to be an investigation as far as uh, Major League Baseball and is it rigged. So, <laughs> right. so congratulations on one hand. On, on the other hand, um, thank you very much did for, they, letting, us, this? for yeah. letting us dig in. Um, to, to investigate uh, Major League Baseball. <laughs> On another note, um, Oakland uh, got shut out, obviously, or didn't get shut out, but got uh, defeated by Detroit. I was at that game five. Um, so since your team won the World Series, congratulations. Now get over it. Season's over, and let's get ready for next year. Absolutely. Go Oakland. Now let's get back to work. <laughs> so thank you for everyone who's in the chat room right now. Um, and we appreciate you being here. So before we went to break, and I completely just lost it with my insanity. No, you did, literally. I've never seen you do a cartwheel, nor did I know that you could actually move that way. Have I that was ever, impressive. Have I ever walked off the air mid-show to do anything else? We've been doing this, what, a year and a half now? I've, no, I don't think I've so. I've never walked away from the microphone. Just I saying. I don't think so. No, it was, look, it was a big deal. I would do this. I completely get it. Congratulations, uh, again, to your team in the city of Boston. I, I completely understand. Saka was talking about something before he was so rudely interrupted by your, by your glee and joy. Um, he, he was talking about how he received a letter from his company that uh, canceled his health insurance. And... In, in addition to that, I was talking to him on the break while you were outside screaming and giggling. <laughs> that uh, his like his, a little schoolgirl. Yeah, yeah. That his premiums also went up, and it went up uh, only fifty dollars. But he was very happy with the insurance he had, and now mm-hmm. it's been canceled, and now he has to pay fifty dollars more a month. And and his deductible is higher, which is which is a big deal. Now, he is fortunate in that he, he actually has uh, another job for a, a very good company that absorbed some of that cost. And he was talking about that also, how grateful he is that his company was able to absorb Wait, that. Wait, you mean a, a, a big evil company? Um, um, I didn't say it was a big evil company. No, no, no. He, a big nope. evil company took the hit. He actually does work for a big evil company. Um, took the hit in absorbing took, took, more of a loss yes. in order to keep this, their employees happy? Yes, took some of that hit. I'll tell you, what is this world coming to? But I wonder if anybody's going to lose their jobs to help absorb some of that. Uh, my company's pretty big. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. I don't think they would. They wouldn't. So they're that. just going to be. They're going to absorb it. So they're just honestly just going to be a yeah. stand-up company. Look, and, big and take business that is evil. Okay. Hey, you know, I, I, I am in the same boat. I got the letter this week as well, or two weeks ago. Um, I've gotten the follow-up letter. I'm looking at about thirty percent more. Um, my, let me rephrase that. My plan that I was very help, happy with, um, mm-hmm. I was only paying about 50 bucks a week for, low co-payments, low deductible. Um, you know, I, I actually very much enjoyed my plan. And uh, I got the letter, and it looks like it's going to go up about eh, 30% more. And my deductible is going to go through the roof, almost double, and, as well as my copay, et cetera. Um, I my company does not is not large enough where they will be able to absorb the costs, um, and I am one of those people for the 
I think in California, it was like 250,000 people that have lost their coverage as a result of Obamacare. And contrary to what the Carney and all those folks saying, well, that's, that's the company's choice. So that's the healthcare company's choice. We went to, before we went to break and I lost it, we said, well, wait a minute. You've put this mandate now on these healthcare companies that they have to, they have to maintain a certain level of standard that is obviously – the level of standard I was getting before was great. So the fact that they've – No, no, no. No, it wasn't great, Sean, and that's your problem right there. Your coverage before was crap. Okay, and and the government knows better. We talked about this while you were off celebrating and and giggling. Right, the government but, but, always knows better. It, it knows, it's the federal government. How how does it not know what's best for you and your family, especially it, since they listened to all your phone calls? Well, it, <laughs> the funny part is, is with the increased cost for my family for health care now, which is significant. Mm-hmm. Like I said, thirty percent more than what I'm paying. Um, the reality is, is. I am going to slip from middle class lower because of the money now that I'll have to fork over for health care. So this hero of middle class that he calls himself, this champion of the little guy, just screwed me and dropped me a well, class. middle class isn't the little guy, right? Well, the, now it's not. The, it used to be the little guy. The little guy would be the, the poor, right. right? And so you have to kind of screw – I mean the, the middle class are the haves. Right. You have to, if you want to redistribute that wealth and opportunity and, and exactly. make it a very even playing field, which has worked everywhere else it's been tried in the world, <laughs> um, you, you have to screw <laughs> the upper and middle class. Well, you know, and we talked earlier. Because is it, is it easier to bring standard of living? Is it easier to bring those that are down up? Is it easier to raise that? Or is it, is it easier, more efficient to lower the standard for those that have? It, it's, it's easier to lower the standard for, for those that have, to take away and, and, and give to the poor. You, you, can't, you can't redistribute wealth by bringing everybody up because then what happens? Prices go up. I mean, it's, it's, it's not truly even, right? Right. I mean, I mean, so you have to bring the other people down. It's easier to lower somebody's income than it is to raise other people's income. And that's exactly what this is. Make no bones about this, folks. This is a complete redistribution. And for those who think, oh, you know, um, you're over-exaggerating. And I, I went a step further. I am officially 100%. You know, we've talked about before, and oh, he has, you know, socialist ideas, blah, 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 blah. I am convinced that he is a downright socialist. You know, we've talked about he has socialist tendencies, and maybe he is, maybe. Uh, the, everybody in that um, everybody in that White House, I'm convinced, are, are card-carrying members of socialism. Versus, with the exception I don't, of, do, do socialists have cards? Like yeah, they do now. Cards? They do actually have cards. Yeah, and, but they're but those are White House IDs. It's, I'm it, talking it's a card. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, it was a great article, and uh, we linked it on ours from our our, our friend Big Mouth Patriot on Twitter and Mister E, who's been on the show once or twice, talking about how. Socialism now has just been renamed progressivism and liberalism. We've talked about that before on the show. Um, but that's all it is. And this step into it and how much this is going to cost us. And listen, like I said early, $219 million for a website, 317 or so million Americans, 50% of them pay taxes. You do the math. 
We paid for that website a couple bucks per person. 50% that's not paying anything. We pay constantly. The middle class to the upper class pays for people who aren't paying anything. And then when these people go out and apologize, when Sibelius goes out and apologizes, she's not apologizing to you and I who are losing our health care. She's apologizing to the people that are now getting, quote, unquote, free health care that they can't get on fast enough to sign up for Medicaid, as you brought up, for Medicare. Um, there, I'm sure there are some people that might actually take uh, uh, the actual um, programs that are being offered, the bronze, the silver, all that. But they're interviewing these Democrats now who are trying to get these plans who they were like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to sign up. Did you sign up for Obamacare? Yeah, I finally signed up. It's going to cost me way more money than I can afford. And I thought this was supposed to make health care cheaper, and it's not. So it's right there, folks. This is uh, – and we are going to the single-payer system eventually. And I uh, – part of me, as much as I hate being conspiracy If theorist, the program is not dismantled or defunded, it, exactly. we will. Part of me feels like it's almost such a debacle – and they're going to find every way they can to make – listen, they're making the insurance company bad guys for people like me and Sako who lose our insurance. Uh, they're, they're doing that intentionally. I don't, think people, want, I don't think people see them as the bad guys. I really believe people are angry and pissed off at the government for right. making this happen. I, I, really, I mean this is such a huge issue, such a hot-button issue, and even the media that has been Obama's ally has really covered his, his rear on a lot of these issues, a lot of these scandals, a lot of these – mess-ups, whatever you want to call them, they are calling him out on this stuff too. And so I believe because you actually have the media not going to bat for him 100% like they usually do, I, I, really, I really believe that people um, have their anger placed in the right direction. I, I believe they're pissed off at the government, not the companies right and, now. And, and I agree with you, but they're, um, what is, but they're trying to make the insurance companies bad people. You look at Valerie Jarrett. She sent out a tweet the other day and said, oh, those people losing the insurance because of the insurance companies. The insurance companies are doing it. A couple other idiots that work in the White House are co- going down that same narrative. They're trying to push that narrative. Of course they are. They're losing their insurance but, because that coverage wasn't good enough. They were they were they were junk plans. Right. They they were they were they were selling you like eyeball insurance and calling it health insurance because this has something to do with your body or something ridiculous. <laughs> that that's their their narrative as ridiculous as that sounds. Uh, no, I hundred. It, it's a complete smokescreen, and, and that's the problem we have right now. Is in general, it's a complete smokescreen, but people are starting to catch on. And they're catching on in a major way. They're saying, well, wait a minute. You, what? Stop. This is your website that's crashing. This is your program that's causing us a lot more money. This is your program that's being run by criminals. You know, blah, 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 blah. And the government's trying, but it's, it, their lies are starting to fall in upon themselves. You know, I'm going to play a clip here real quick. It's 33 seconds of the president making some pretty serious promise, and this is through the last couple of years about health care. We will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your doctor, you keep your doctor. If you like your current insurance, you keep that insurance. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. Nobody is talking about taking that away from you. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your health care plan, 
you can keep your health care plan. And that same. So, the, all right. What, what you don't realize is that the health plan he was talking about is called You Can Keep Your Doctor, period. That was actually the name of the health plan. It didn't make it to the website, but that's what they were calling it at the time. It's all BS. They knew it was BS. 2010, there was a report released that they knew between 45 and I want to say 67% of the American people would lose their existing health care. This is back in 2010. That was part of the NBC News report that slammed Obama on this. They pulled out a couple – They funny thing. They threw out this great report, and it was actually done really well. And then that night, it mysteriously disappeared from NBC's website. And they said, oh, we're having technical difficulties because somebody from the White House went, hey, what are you doing? They put it back up a few hours later and removed some key portions of it that left that out. But that was the accepted norm, 40 to 67%. I have it here somewhere. Well, that study just came out, what is it, of, of New York State, where they said, I believe it was, what, 44 doctors said they, 44% of doctors said they will not be participating in Obamacare? Right, 10%. There are a lot of doctors. No, not, not 10%, I think 44%. Oh, 44%. I believe that, yeah, I believe the number was 44%, which is a huge number. So how are you going to bring health care to that many people when almost half of your doctors are not going to participate? I believe the number was 32% said they would participate, and the remainder said, well, I don't know yet. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, Mary brought up a good point in the chat room, said, uh, out of all those numbers of people losing it, that 40 to 67% of people losing their insurance, 10% are getting it. Well, that's a really good offset. There's about uh, 37% different of people like me that are getting screwed and everybody else out there that's getting screwed. The other thing is people are going to go to the doctors more. And, and listen, folks, whether you like it or not, a lot of the people that are signing up for this, that it's going to save them and all this other stuff, they're either signing up for Medicaid or they already get state or federal assistance. That's the mind blower. That's something I think a lot of people overlook. The people that couldn't afford our Cadillac plans, as they like to call it on us to make it sound big and rich and like we're some super important people right. because we have health care, they were already on a state or federal program, sometimes both. So they already had health care. It wasn't like – I love the fact that you picture these people who – you know, if you listen to the Democrats, there are these people in like third world countries lying out in the street, just dying of illness because no doctor would ever see them. No medical service would ever see them. They can't just walk into a healthcare place, a, a hospital or anything of the sort, a clinic and be treated. I get bad news for you. If you walk into a hospital and say, hey, I'm sick, they have to treat you. Now, it may cost you more in the end. A lot of times it gets written off by the hospitals or the government will repay but still get treatment. And, and, I, and I have the figures, excuse me, that uh, the, the State Medical Society uh, queried New York doctors, and of, of the doctors queried, only 23% said that they are accepting patients who've enrolled in Obamacare exchanges. 23%. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, it was 33%, I think I said. And then uh, the 33% haven't decided, and the remainder said no. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. What if that happens on a national level? And, and I believe you're going to see those numbers. You, you can't have um, that – you can't lose that percentage of doctors from this plan and maintain quality care. And that's just one state. Right. And that, that's my point. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, California that has a lot of doctors, a lot of big medical yeah, but Cal- facilities. California is actually one of the states that set up its own exchange oh, and, yeah. and is, and is, and is, is running it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people have signed up in the California exchange, but I'm not aware of the California website having issues. Yeah. But California is still, it's still Obamacare at the end of the day. It, no, it is. It, many, it, it absolutely is. And then, so how many people are going to sign up? But I'm talking about, uh, the website, no, and I that was one of the key things that was brought up in Congress today. Um, some of the the Democrats were trying to make the point: well, if these states would have set up their own websites, we wouldn't have had to, and and they would be working like California and and a couple other states that were mentioned. Well, you New know York, what? You're, Massachusetts, it, yeah. Vermont. It, but oh, see, why should the states have to spend money to set up a website or to run a website when you're the one imposing the law and this is why um, – look, this is why – I'm going to come back to the 17th Amendment again. I'm like a broken record, but that's okay. This is exactly look, why. If, if, if the senators were chosen by the states, like they were set up to be representing the state interests, the states would be protected from this crap. Right. But we all know that that was changed intentionally. And listen, the states that did that, that set it up, I, and part of me, like I think Nevada, ha- Nevada has their own a couple conservative overall conservative states, but I think a lot of them that took it did it for the that set it up on their own did it for a reason of, listen, it's going to be a train wreck. We might as well try to control as much of the train wreck as we can. I don't think California thought control. it was going to be a train wreck. I don't think I, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the more conservative states that happened, and I think it's one of those things of we can help negate this train wreck that they've jammed down our throats. We don't have a choice on it. We have to do it. You know, and there are other people who say, well, you know, our states didn't do the um, exchange sites and we're not going to, uh, they're not enrolled in this and they're not going to take a part of that and we've opted out, but you're still paying for it. It comes from the federal tax. So all those states that think that they're going to save themselves some money by not signing up, you know, you had the, the states had the options to opt out of certain aspects of it, et cetera. But the money's coming from federal, so you're still paying for it. Yeah, but the states have to run a certain tax. portion of it, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to have some state funds go to this. They, I yeah. mean, you can't help it. In California, for example, um, the, the, the headquarters for, for this is a, it's a, it's a state agency. Oh, it's a state agency. Yeah, so absolutely. You have state funds that are being used for some of this. And even if the federal government reimburses those funds for – two years, three years, whatever it is, Eventually at some point, it. the states are going to incur, incur this cost. Well, they're, uh, let's, hope, let's, they're hoping it will be on a single-payer system before they have to incur and, those and costs. I'll, I'll, in addition to electric electric bills and, and so forth, um, the, who, are, who's, who pays the employees' salaries? Mm-hmm. Are they state employees or are they federal employees? Are the states being reimbursed for that? What happens if there is a fire at this facility? Who reimburses the fire department for that? Does the city or the county uh, eat those costs? What about if there's a law enforcement issue? Does the state police um, handle that? Do they eat the costs? Or does the local police department? I mean, th- th- this it affects other jurisdictions other than just federal. What is the FBI going to respond to a law enforcement call there? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but you know what? They may oh, be, you look cute. No, you know who's going to show up? The IRS. IRS agents should show up and deal with it, right? Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who have total control over the fin- uh, over most of Obamacare. 
Health and Human Services and IRS. So maybe the IRS SWAT teams will show up and handle it. Ooh, so if there's a workplace violence issue there, like a, a fight or something like that, somebody gets hurt in there. and Two people fighting over the microwave. Right, and the IRS has to come and handle that, that, that particular amazing. incident. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the IRS? Yeah, no, I don't want to do my taxes. There's a fight. <laughs> no, no, in, in, inside the state agency that runs Ob- – Hello? Hello? They hung up on me. <laughs> Is this your guy's deal? How do I dispatch an even... agent? Do you guys have uniforms or something? <laughs> but, you know, I was talking about this with a small business owner today, a, a small restaurant that I eat at on a regular basis, and he knows that we do this conservative talk show, if you will. And he used to be a Democrat up until about 2008. Weird. After 2008, he saw it coming. He said, you know, as I watched him speak, I realized he was saying a lot of words, but nothing was coming out. And now he said to me, you know, Sean, I have to figure out, A, they didn't, the federal government didn't do squat to help us get ready for it. They said they did, but they didn't do anything for small businesses to learn what they have to do in order to sign people up or how many people are this or that how many hours they can work, how many hours they can't work. They sent out like a couple little placards. But he said, you know, how Oh, am I, the small business owner? He goes, and listen, the economy's tough right now. It's been tough for a few years. I'm barely keeping my head above water. He said, I don't want to lay off employees because I've had the same people working for me now for 10, 12 years, that it's getting to the point that I may have to start letting people go. Our costs are too much. The health care plan that we have now has been eliminated. He does health care for his, his business because he feels that as a business owner, it's a responsible thing to do. He doesn't have to. But he said, and I said, wait, it's only going to get worse. I said, because they sold this under the guise that everybody needs to have health care. Everyone needs to be treated. Everyone should have the right to see a doctor. No, that was in the uh, Soviet Constitution. Remember, we read that a couple weeks oh, ago. Wait a minute. No, but so he was like, yeah. And I said, Wait till you see what else they think. I said, the mileage tax is coming because people drive too much. I said, you watch. They've already floated around in Congress, the mileage tax. Imagine that. You're going to start being taxed if you drive over a certain amount of mile every day. We already or taxed per mile. Or taxed per mile. Right. Mm-hmm. 4% profit for the oil companies right now. 20% tax on a gallon of gas. I think it's 20 22% right around there. And now they're going to, on top of that tax that you're going to have to pay, they're going to start hitting you either per mile or so many miles a day. You're not allowed to go over. Think about what that's going to do to the trucking industry. Yep. Think about what that's going to do to the small business delivery guy. What if you what if you deliver flowers for a living? You're a private contractor. Maybe. What if you're a taxi driver? Yeah. You. Uh, oh well, we'll give those certain people this kind of exemption, that kind of exemption. But if you're the, it's going to be. The same thing. If you're a middle-class business guy and you're just trying to keep your small business afloat, like this gentleman I was talking to, you're going to get hammered for it. What if I can't take my family on vacation or camping because it's too far to drive? Right. And now my kids miss out on those experiences because, you know what, we can't afford the tax bill that's going to come with our family vacation. We can't do the Griswold family Christmas tree. (laughs) Right? We can't do do the trip to Wally World. But and that's I said that's just the beginning. I said I guarantee you the next thing that they're going to go after, just like you remember in the what was it the nineties they went after the cable companies for, for mm-hmm. the monopoly thing, which I just still to this day, 
I understand if it's something that's kind of you need to survive type based. Cable was not. They shouldn't have gone after the monopoly. If cable wants to charge $1,000 a month, that's up to them as a small business or a private business rather. Why should the government be allowed to go in and mandate you can't do that and you can't just own the rights in this one area? Well, why not? Well, because it's not fair. It's a monopoly. Okay. I had the idea. I put it together. We spent the money. We created it. Well, it's still mono- My question to you, what do you think is next on the agenda? Because I can tell you what I think is next. For our agenda or for theirs? For their agenda. What, what's the next thing they're going to have to take control of because every person must have it? Look, I, I've, I have seen the mileage tax uh, floated, floated around, and, and here's, here is the counter-argument to that. I don't, this is not my point of view. That's my disclaimer, okay? But here is the counter-argument to that. Mm-hmm. You, you do not have to drive, right? Driving is a privilege. You don't have to have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay vehicle registration. Mm-hmm. You don't have to use the roadways. So if you don't use the roadways, you don't have to pay registration. So you don't have to pay for that particular use, whatever the theory behind that is, correct? You don't have to get a driver's license because it's a privilege. The state doesn't have to allow you to drive if you have so many tickets or accidents or whatever it is. So okay? can I opt out of paying the federal government the pace for the highways? What? If you don't, you don't, go into the highways. You don't, you don't pay a federal registration fee or something of this nature. I'm no, talking no, no. about here. Hang on a second. I'm answering your question. Okay. So and then and then and then kick in if if if, if need be. So I don't have to pay a mileage tax if I don't drive mm-hmm. because driving is in fact a privilege. Correct. Yeah. So and I think that's kind of in one hand you're kind of winning the. Uh, the I think that's their way of looking at it. That's fine, but right. do, does the federal government not provide money to states to fix the roadways, especially the interstates? To, it, it depends. Now, the interstate, the interstate shovel-ready jobs that was stimulus money. Yeah, that but was they given do it all to the states. Every state right? gets money for transport from the Department of Transportation. True, but the money goes to the states, and the states spend right. That but money. if I'm still paying for that, and it, it but it gets slated for transportation, road repairs, bridge repairs, it et does, In theory, if I'm paying for that mm-hmm. with my federal taxes. Mm-hmm. I have a right to use that road. I've already paid for it. No, you don't. Okay. You don't, and, and, and here's why. Because you're driving in a particular state, and it's not your I car may, doesn't miracle itself onto that I, federally funded I under, highway. I understand right? that. I understand And what those highways saying. are maintained Well, then how the can the states? federal government do a federal tax on driving, on driving that? Because it's not a federal issue. It's a state issue. If the state wants to well, do that, Well, wait a second. Let's, let's look at uh, Department of Homeland Security. Um, no. Let, let's let's look at their grant. What do they What do they say? Right, the National uh, uh, Transportation TSA Transportation Security Agency. Right. What is What is their uh, everything that moves? Yeah, any form of transportation, whatever it is. It's scary, folks. Go to their website and read it. Any form of transportation. It doesn't say on a federally funded highway or a state highway or a county roadway or a city roadway. It It says. Any form of transportation. It could be trains, which, right. guess what? I have seen their Viper teams on, on trains. trains. We've talked yep. about that before. Airports. Yep. Vehicles are next. Yeah. So there are, that's they how you the, want to put those black boxes in every single car that records your – and the other thing that they just passed that a lot of people forgot all about is they just passed that ridiculous uh, backup camera thing. 
Well, how long are those going to record for? Is there going to be a recording system? Is that going to be part of the black box? Is there going to be like other recording systems where it records the last two minutes constantly? All those things, they're just doing whatever they can to get more and more into your personal life. That's what's scary. But I was talking, I really think that the next, um, the next thing that they're going to help themselves to or say that government has to be involved in is going to be power and electricity. And I'm not talking about the, the, the cities and stuff like that that run a power company because they can kind of help out. I'm talking about the federal government going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, out here it's PG&E in California. You guys are making way too much money, and you've had a couple mishaps. And a lot of people aren't getting the electricity they need, so we're going to have to come in and maybe take things over. And you could see that argument. Well, look, it's it's the administrative state, right? It is. It's 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 Philip Drew, administrator. <laughs> oh. Have you read? You, yeah. We've talked about the book before. Absolutely have. Right. Um, and if you haven't read read the book, read the book. Scary. Um, but that's what it is. We are turned into an administrative state, and that has to be reversed. And that is why our country – look, our country is unrecognizable. Um, even it's, it's amazing what judges and, and attorneys and so forth are, are learning now. And um, I, I, had, I had lunch with a, uh, an appellate court justice um, last week. And I'm, I'm not going to say the justice's name right now because he didn't give Dang me permission. It. He didn't give me permission um, <laughs> to, to throw him under the bus uh, because he, he actually uh, made a couple comments that that were interesting. But I was I had the pleasure of talking with him, and uh, the subject of natural law came up, mm-hmm. and he he stopped and I brought I brought it up and and he stopped and he looked at me and and he said he said nobody talks about natural law anymore. You know what? What have you read? That's the problem. It, yeah, and so we we it started this conversation about about natural law, and and he told me that they don't study natural law in in law schools. They don't study it, and and so his colleagues, and he's talking about ju- judges, right? His his colleagues don't have an understanding of natural law, and without that understanding. They don't understand the foundations of our Constitution, so they only study case law because that's – and these are Ivy League schools that they've gone to. And so now we have even a legal system that allows this administrative state and these unconstitutional rulings to be made. But that is scary to me. But that's why we have the federal government that is as big and bloated and overpowering as, as it is. We have judges, appellate court judges. Supreme Court judges um, that, and I'm talking at the state level, but it, it's true in, in all walks of life, and, and he knows a lot but of But eventually them. they go beyond the state level, or yeah, some and, of them do. Yeah, I mean, it's and, not and, just the state level. And look, a state appellate judge is, is a big deal. Um, you know, you have your, your local courts, your county courts or whatnot, a state appellate court judge, and then a state Supreme Court, and then a federal appellate, and then your federal Supreme Court. So it, it's not like you're, you're you know, a, a municipal judge or something of that nature, but he, he's talking about it. That's, and it struck me, that's a big deal that they, don't, that they don't study this stuff. They don't know that. And these are the people that are making the decisions. And these are the ones that are legislating from the bench. But you're also missing, right? this starts well beyond law school. This starts in our schools Of course it does. Every day ta- now. Of course it does. We've talked about that. Now with this Common Core curriculum oh, or whatever crap the federal government's trying to, to pull now. But this is, 
this is why our country is what it is now. But we're up against a break, and we, fortunately, fortunately, we have a plan. We do we have, have a plan an agenda, to help negate this. Agenda 17 to take our country back. I am looking forward to this. You're going to lay this out, and people's minds are going to be like, exploding. We'll be back in three here on the Sackheads Radio Show. 347-205-9399. You can call in and talk to the beautiful Jessica who's screening for us tonight. a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arne on how the founders viewed God as the source of our equality and legal rights. America's founders knew, obviously, that human beings are not equal in terms of strength or beauty or in terms of intelligence, industry, or talents. They understood that because of such differences, differences in talents and things like that, some people would be wealthier than others. But human beings are equal, the founders believe, in their possession of natural rights such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. Today, many Americans reject this equality of rights in order to pursue equality of condition through redistribution or spreading the wealth around to use a famous formulation. This is destructive of liberty as the founders understood it. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. I know, I know I've said it before. Check out our friends at conservativeoutcry.net, but I really mean it. If you want interesting and exciting political commentary and analysis, that is the place to get it. Different, always spot on, always truthful, never pulling a punch. Conservativeoutcry.net. Tell Rooster to get Bulldog back on and that Sackheads Radio sent you. And also, coming soon... The Sackheads Radio Forum on conservativeoutcry.net. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Politigal Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L Network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at Politigal USA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, Check out PolitigalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitigalUSA. Now back to Clint and Sean on Sackheads Radio. Radio So then the duck says, quack, right? And I I was like... (laughs) Uh, I love... I love your little things just before you go on the air. <laughs> For those, Clint does this to me on a regular basis, and I, it's a riot, but I can never tell whether or not he's serious. 
as the intro music's playing, Clint looks at me and goes, I'm going to announce that we're going to steal the Constitution. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I did not say that. (laughs) Federal government. Sorry, it was Sacco. Get him. Yeah. Um, So you brought up probably one of the most brilliant plans to me earlier this week. And we talked about it and I thought about it. We've gone back and forth quite a bit um, on how true conservatives. We even FaceTimed. We even FaceTimed about it, it, which was really weird because I was in the shower. Now, um, (laughs) about how conservatives. I didn't think it was that weird. (laughs) Can start to take back. The, the country. And the Constitution. We just announced it. The Constitution. It. Right. In the sense of um, bringing it back to the right again, making okay. things a little bit more realistic, getting away from these social agendas, getting away from these socialist agendas. And, and I want you to lay it out, and then we will discuss. And I know Rooster will have a lot to say about this at some point tonight. So will Ken. And so will Ken. So yep. I'm going to give you the floor. This may not be popular. But um, for those of you that don't know, I am a tactician, and this is a big deal. You should see him write a letter. It's pretty crazy. That's what tactician means. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here on my shirt. So I think that the conservative movement, Tea Party, whatever you want to call it, I think the um, the conservative movement needs to not focus as much on federal elections. Wait a minute, but the federal election is the most important. I'm reading by the script you gave me. Oh, I'm sorry. I, this, go on. This is, go this on, is go almost on. like a bad play. I, <laughs> look, there, you know there how is... You Cato? There is. We're Plato. <laughs> there already was one wrote some philosophy stuff. Anyways. No, no, no. Plato, not Plato. <laughs> See? My mind immediately, I go towards... Look... I don't think the conservative movement needs to focus on federal elections, um, be it senatorial, especially presidential. Now, I'm not saying that those are not big deals because they are to some degree. But the conservative movement has a – it's a limited resource right now. Okay, mm-hmm. um, It's not a majority. What is it, about 10 percent um, of, of yeah. Congress, something of that nature, right? So there is not a lot – that can be accomplished at the federal level, contrary to popular belief. There are some things that can be done, and um, some things that can be done with the Republican Party and so forth, alliances, whatever. Okay, I think a better plan would be for to focus on um, local elections and specifically states. And here's why I say that: nothing is going to change. There will not be major changes in Washington D.C. at the federal level. Okay, the parties are too steeped in maintaining control of their power, both the Democrats and the Republicans. And true conservatives just don't have the numbers to upset that. Exactly. So since you're not going to get true change at the federal level, you're, you are not going to get um, the federal government to ever repeal the 17th Amendment. Those senators, every single senator that's in there obviously has been elected by popular vote. Right? We've moved more to a true democracy than a representative republic, and the states have zero representation right now at the federal level, at all, which they are supposed to. So there is no way the Senate will ever ratify anything, make any amendments to the Constitution to basically kick themselves out of a job, because then 
the, the senators would be chosen by state legislatures, and you have some like Harry Reid that realistically would not be in there if that's the case. Right. But if the conservative movement takes offices and gains momentum at the state level, in particular states, there will come a point where there will be enough conservatives in power at the state level to force or call a constitutional convention. The states can then call the constitutional convention and amend or repeal um, those those parts of, of the Constitution and the amendments, such as the 17th Amendment. And now you really affect change at the federal level without the federal government being involved. So the states could call a constitutional convention and repeal the 17th Amendment, and now you have states choosing their senators and you have state representation at the federal level and by completely taking the federal, uh, the federal layer out of it and focusing just on those state levels, you've achieved major change. And you can amend the – you can do that. Right, you can call, have the states call a constitutional convention and clarify the Second Amendment. You can have the states call a constitutional convention and clarify the Tenth Amendment. The problem is we have a federal government, and again, both sides of the political aisle, where they pick and choose what parts of the Constitution they like and what parts they don't like. Right. They pick and choose what parts of the Constitution they want to obey and which ones that, ah, this was just written so long ago, it doesn't make a difference. And you and I have used the example on this show before about uh, the Sixth Amendment or the Fourth Amendment or even the First Amendment, right? But the Second Amendment is the one that always likes to be attacked, that, that they like to always attack. Or, oh, you know, the Commerce Clause really applies to anything because commerce is involved in it, or whatever ridiculous arguments they make. Those things could all be addressed by states coming together and calling a constitutional convention. And so that, that's my Agenda 17. I call it 17 because for me a huge deal is to get the 17th Amendment repealed. I call it Agenda 17 because that, that's what I believe is the best and more realistic way for the Tea Party movement, the conservative movement, to gain power and affect the change that they are looking for. Libertarians, etc. There's a question in the chat room from Mary. It says, what good would it be to amend the Constitution if it isn't followed? If it isn't followed now. Look, what is the big contention point in the Second Amendment? Okay, first of all, let's talk about this, the 17th Amendment. Senators are, in fact, elected by popular vote. So if you amend the Constitution and repeal the 17th Amendment and rewrite it, um, either restore it to how it was, it was originally intended or tweak it however you want to where the states are choosing, the states themselves, the state legislatures, the state governor, whatever it is, is choosing the senators to represent the state, and they are subject and serve at the whim of that legislature, that now they have to represent state interests. That is the purpose of the Senate. And if that 17th Amendment is repealed, you can no longer have popular election of the senators. You would have state control over the senators. The, the second issue is on – let's take the Second Amendment, for example. What, what, what do the, the progressives say, the liberals say? They say, well, this refers to the state's right to keep a militia, which is the National Guard. Okay, there's an argument over there in courts – have ruled now granted the heller decision said that no the second amendment is an individual right but there are still certain restrictions that are placed on it and so forth um and questions about well is it militia who is militia um nobody understands article one section eight that talks about 
um, the, the Congress is responsible for arming and training the militia, but then the Second Amendment needed to be put in to save the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, if it was really a government right, you wouldn't need to put the Second Amendment in because it's already stated in Article 1, Section 8. So by having a constitutional convention and even amending it or clarifying the Second, it's clarified. You can say specifically the right of the people to keep and bear arms of whatever kind for personal defense and defense of country shall not be infringed by any means. You can really clarify that and lock it down. Um, we are dealing with a constitution that was written um, 200 plus years ago. Well, when they used and, to write laws that were easy versus 1,200 and, and, and it is. It's, look, it's very easy to understand. All you have to do is read it. You read the source documents. You read the debates. It's very easy to understand, but they don't do that because they want to kind of work their way around that whole Well, they want to um, add their process. own spin to it. So if you call a constitutional convention, you can really clarify points that are not followed now because of case law, courts kind of changing the meanings. You can amend the Constitution to say the Commerce Clause refers only to this. There's a lot that can be done that conservatives and conservative states kind of coming together can close these loopholes that are looked at now. Um, Ken is demanding affirmative action and reading one of the quotes. Here's the problem, Ken. You're on the show a lot, so we're letting white people speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, and and I'll tell you another thing that could be amended and put in is um, term limits for judges. Yeah. Term limits for Supreme Court justices. Uh, Mary in the chat room just brought up a great point. The Constitution is taken out of context as often as the Bible. And you're absolutely right. But people don't understand the Constitution because it is not studied, it is not learned. In it's school. not taught. It's not taught. And, and when it, it is taught, taught it's taught. <laughs> Jinx. When, when it is taught, it's, it's taught um, in, a, in a perverted fashion. Not like in a perverted like Rooster enjoys, but Perverted, no, perverted. twisted. <laughs> right. right. Well, that's kind of the so, same thing. That's kind of the same thing. So it, would, it allows correction for those things. And it does so in a legal way, and it does so in a constitutional way. And that is, is, what, um, uh, that, that is what good the, the amendments to the Constitution could be. Well, you know, it, first of all, when you told me about Agenda 17, I thought it was a brilliant idea. I thought it was a completely different look. I hadn't heard that yet. Um, and I think it's a great way to start to re- restore balance in the Constitution. Um, the other thing, too, is... Well, not even balance in it, just re- restore the original intent of well, it. Well, I meant the balance in government as far as getting the 17th Amendment repealed and, and getting the state's rights once again it, represented. And it really it would, would start in reining in this out-of-control federal government. It really would. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the first things that... You know, people thought of is why the 17th came up was the first time is, you know, there was corruption on the state level. Well... Folks, we have so many anti-corruption laws now, and in the in the age of uh, uh, computers and Twitter and all this other stuff, it is becoming, and rightfully so, increasingly difficult to be corrupt. You look at you look at Blagojevich and all those people that 25 years ago never it never would have came to light. I'm sorry, I had I had to take my earphone off. Did you say Obama? No, Blagojevich. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And Obama. But 25 years ago, that would have been a blurb maybe somewhere in the corner of a paper, and then everyone would have forgot about it, and it wouldn't have gone anywhere. But you look at what this administration has happened to them. They've tried to do that little quick blurb or sidestep as we play all the time and look at everything that's come back to bite them. And 
still to this day, Benghazi, Fast and the Furious, uh, NSA Look, leaks, us spying on Germany. All that stuff is not forgotten anymore in the age of technology. So that would be much more bad. The people are it was, more That aware. was an excuse. Now, granted, there was some corruption, right. but that was an excuse but that because was, it was the progressive's agenda. They wanted to twist the Constitution. They wanted to change so it. They, they wanted that to move an, it. I understand exactly. that's an excuse. What I'm saying is, is to counteract that excuse, these are all the things that are in place now. You have citizen journalists that are not letting people step out of line, and they're doing a damn good job of it. There are a lot of citizen journalists on Twitter, friends of ours. Uh, um, you know, you have Ken, you have us, you have Rooster, you have uh, uh, Greg Phillips from Jump Vote and uh, Voters Trust, all those folks. But even if you have corruption, they still which we serve, still do on the federal level. Still do. They still serve at the whim of the, the state. states, and the state has the right to bounce them. And they, they feel yes, it. and they have to do. They have to do what is in the best interest of their states. Right. Now, look, I'm not saying that it's, that it, it, it's going to be that there may, they're guaranteed no corruption because no, you, sure you might did. have some, especially out of Illinois. But what? <laughs> In California. But, but they will have – look, do you really think um, that some of these ridiculous laws that are coming out, Obamacare, prime example, would have passed if the states were represented? 22 states brought lawsuit against – Against Obamacare, right? I guarantee you, you'd have in it, the it, 30s or 40s. It would not have passed. There's, there's. Well, yeah, no, I, but I mean, right? Even if it, even if somehow they choked it through by a vote here and a vote there, the states that have jo- would join the lawsuit would be immensely more. But I think a lot of states have even given up going that route because they their rights just aren't represented and they know that. And it's I think there's almost that kind of deflated lost cause theory. You know what it is? The Tenth Amendment, states' rights, is really looked at as a joke. Yeah. No. It, I, I think the liberals use states' rights as a punchline at their little cocktail parties when they have their pinky out while they're sipping their champagne. Yeah. The rich white liberals that tell everyone else how to live. Um, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um I, I believe the state rights have fallen by the way of the dodo until it comes time for gun control and things like that. Wait a second. Is Ann Coulter I, – I see a comment in the chat room about Ann Coulter. Yeah. Doesn't she have an Adam's apple? Is she a dude? <laughs> I don't know. But I also think, too, that you, you, you take this idea and you go a step further, um, especially in a state – like California, let's take that for example. Where it, you know California right now in their state uh, government has a supermajority liberals, and I think that if you start making this um, argument, you would see because we've talked. I've talked to a lot of conservatives in California. They've given up on state government in California. So you've they, talked to four people. I've talked to all eight of us, and I am included. Right. <laughs> So it's because really, you're talking to me right now. Right, two other friends that call into the show regularly. Um, <laughs> no, but they have given up on voting on state and local level because there's no balance at all. How many conservatives have left California in As the last two to three years? But I think if you take Agenda 17 a step further and you start getting conservatives, even if it's school board to start. Even if it's a, a mayoral election, a city council, once 
people on a local level start seeing that conservative and, and that unafraid conservative who goes in front of that completely liberal school board or that completely liberal city council and says, no, this is not good enough for us. You cannot go so far left that it's socialism. It will spark more people to come out. It's like Ivy. It is like Ivy. It, continue, I was, it continues to grow. <laughs> Progressivism is like cancer. Agenda 17 is like Ivy. Right. And I really think so. And I think that needs to be done more. I think they're – and you know, our friend over at Voters Trust, that's one of the things that they do quite well is state, local elections. They, they're really trying to get – because that's going to be the lifeblood to circumvent this out-of-control, bloated federal government. We need that strong state. And in order to get it on the state level, you have to get it on the local level. Did you say out-of-control and bloated? Yes. So the federal government is like Michael Moore. Or uh, okay, I was going to go with Chris Matthews. See, we have to get together on our insults. <laughs> we're an ideological war with both, so I think we're okay. Hey, I don't even know if you saw it, but even Chris Matthews questioned something about the president this week. I don't even know what it was, but just the fact that he questioned it kind of tells you how screwed up everything is going right now in government. It, that's bad. When the guy who got the thrill up his leg, that was it. I was going to say something else. For the president back in 2008, and now he who has done nothing but bolster this guy, and oh my God, he's the savior, he's the Lord himself, he's going to save us, he can walk on water, my, you know, he, he helped me stop drinking, all the other stuff that that drunk likes to say. He's actually starting to question it. So it's there, there's enough spark, and I think there are enough people, listen, they've, they're pushing more people to the conservative party than they're gaining. I don't know if they're pushing them conservative, I think that they are pushing them um, away from this particular administration, they still have their ideals. They still believe in some utopian society where everybody's equal in the equal playing field and, and all that other good stuff. But I, I don't, I don't think that they're pushing them conservative. But I think that conservatives can absolutely affect and take state elections. I'm talking state gubernatorial elections yeah. and and uh, legislative mm-hmm. elections. Absolutely, and that that's going to be key when the conservatives actually control those states, especially the red states and can now call a constitutional convention. And you don't have these, these huge pockets of population um, in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, that can't just control Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because you have states. No, well, I – what? So that, that's – look. That's the long and short of it. I, I think it's a great idea. I think one of the things, too, and I say this on Twitter a lot, um, I say this when I talk to people, um, it, it – it's time to get involved. If you really, and I hate to sound like an ad right now, but this is our country. This is your children's country. This is your children's children's country, et cetera, et cetera. If you want the future for them, you know, if you're a parent who's working hard for your kids, or you just believe that this, uh, this country needs to remain as awesome as it once was and needs to get back to that, you have to really start getting into it. You have to start getting involved. You have to be political. You have to, you know, I know people all the time are like, oh, I hate politics. I'm like, yeah, that's what mainstream media has done to you. They've made you hit politics, uh, hate politics, and that way it's a drive-by. So listen to Sackheads because we will make you fall this in love with it This wasn't a commercial. Again. Oh, I thought that's where you no, were. No, this isn't oh, a I, commercial. I apologize. I'm not even going to tell people how to get involved other than to follow us on Twitter at Sackheads. What I'm saying is – no. <laughs> But, but first, that's first one of the things um, that I think has happened on a federal level with mainstream media is they've gotten people so sick of politics, they check out 
until it's voter season. They see commercials and almost like what happened with President 2008. Oh, he seems like a nice enough guy, and he's different, and I think he's going to be better. And then all of a sudden they go and they're like, yeah, vote, vote for Obama. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, look, we have socialized health care. Ooh, that's not what I wanted. Oh, oh. Well, it's what you're stuck with. Yeah. And you know what? we do I, something different. We really hate Congress. They're horrible. They all need to be thrown out. Hey, who do we usually vote for? Oh, yeah, that name sounds familiar. Right. And, and, and that's the problem we're at. And I think this sort of thing, I think your idea for Agenda 17 will spark people – back into taking control of their government and remind people that the government does work for you. Hey, listen, the federal government, as far as I'm concerned, should be a little more subservient to states. The states should absolutely have the protection that was designed by the founders in the Constitution. There is a reason for that. It is a balance of power. When you go straight to sway people, once you get them, that's it. The sway is done. And it's easy. You look at everything that they've done to buy votes right now, Obama phones, Obamacare, Obama this, Obama that, I think Obama massages. I, they, they're doing everything. You could at one time donate to the Obama campaign in lieu of wedding gifts, and it was asked. Remember we played that like yep. a year? Absolutely. Things like that. I, I want to respond to something that came up in the in the chat room, and it's Mary again, so this is going to be three for you, Mary, and um, zero for Ken. Um, America. The comment is America wasn't exceptional because of the terrain, but because of the people. I agree 100%. But it says, so we are not exceptional any longer. And, and I, I have to disagree with that because of this. We have people in this country that truly yearn for liberty because we as a people have had a, a true taste for it, where other countries in the world have not. And so we have some people, and I think the, the, the movement is starting to spread, um, but that, that truly thirst for um, knowledge, and not knowledge in general, but knowledge about liberty and freedom and what it really means to be a free people and can we govern ourselves. And I think that's why the Tea Party movement and the conservative movement has really taken hold and, and is starting to grow. I, I, don't, I don't think you have... Um, in 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 a lot of other countries, people that sit down and read on their own and will get a better education on their own than they will in the university systems, which is sad. But people that will sit down and read um, Cicero, people that will sit down and read Plato's Republic, uh, people that will sit down and read uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, and and truly get a classical education and a solid uh, foundation and understanding for what liberty is and where we are today. Um, people that read the, the Founders documents, the Federalist Papers, and really study the Constitution or Madison's notes on the, on, on the, uh, the Federal Convention. So I think we are an exceptional people because we have those people in our society more so than any other society. And I agree with you that there's not enough of them, but because we have them and because the movement is growing, I think that's what makes us exceptional um, as Americans, and especially as uh, conservative Americans. Wow. I don't know what just happened. Did there. you just run for office? I think you just ran for office. I'm pretty sure I could do a pretty good job. <laughs> you can't get it worse. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take a break on that. I, I cannot follow up with anything intelligent. I wouldn't dare try. So we're going to be back in a minute, three minutes to be exact, here on the Sackheads Radio Show. Well done. Ha <laughs> ha 
Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of the Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money. But it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in a Dress. And you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Three. Two, one. Hey, this is Zach Ed Clint. I want to take this opportunity to thank all the wingnut leaders throughout the world to give our men and women of the armed forces a job, as well as all the anarchists, terrorists, and Occupy folks that give our men and women in uniform on the home front, firefighters, law enforcement personnel, and first responders, uh, job security here in the States as well. So thank all you wingnuts out there. This is Zach Ed Clint saying have a good day. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. And we do have a bunch of clips to get to, and I know we have a, at least one caller on hold. Probably one of the most important. I know we have a couple callers oh, on Oh, Mary hold. calling in? Mary's calling in. Um, but I do want to address one thing, and Ken had a brilliant idea, and I wish I thought about it. No, 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 no. We can't give Ken any play tonight. No, he gets a little bit. No, he doesn't. He can't. While you were going on your speech, and I, I still haven't figured out what office you were running for yet, but apparently something... Um, you should have had the song Shake Your Groove Thing playing in the background. And I think that's brilliant. I think when you do run in 2015 for president, 2015, that's right, folks. He's <laughs> <laughs> starting early. Um, I think that should be your song. You know, every president has like that song that they play. We should run I a think rock. Shave Your Groove Thing would be perfect. Shave Your shave Groove your Thing? Shave Your Groove Thing. Why? It's my back. That's <laughs> It's funny. I love a Shave Groove Thing. That's what's weird. <laughs> So, you're dirty tonight. <laughs> and now Rooster's trying to take credit for it. You guys figure out who said it and get back to me. So, uh, so hang on, the tweet is under the exceptional conservative show. I know. 
I, I don't understand. But let's get to some. First of all, let's get to Sibelius today. Let's get to a couple of her clips really quick. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, we're, Why's it got to be white out, Mary? <laughs> in the chat room. His, she was posed with a really interesting question by Representative Gardner, and I'm going to let the clip play out, but it's, it's kind of something that's been on everybody else's tongue for a little while. Thank you, and thank you, Secretary Sibelius, for being here. Here's my letter. This is the letter that my family got canceling our insurance. We chose to have our own private policy back in Colorado so we could be in the same boat as every one of my constituents. And yet my insurance policy has been canceled. The White House website says, if you like your health plan you have, you can keep it. Did I hear it wrong? Again, sir, I don't know how long you've had your policy. or Why aren't you losing your insurance? Pardon me? Why aren't you losing your health insurance? Uh, because I'm part of the federal employees. Why aren't you in the exchange? Plan. You're in charge of this law, correct? Why aren't you in the exchange? Uh, because I'm part of the federal employee health Why aren't plan. you in the exchange? Why won't you go into the exchange? You're, you're a part of this law. You're literally in charge of this law. Should you be any different than all of the other Americans out there who are losing their health insurance? Plan? I'm part of the 95% with affordable available health coverage. You're as part are of most the plan that most Americans well. aren't available to them. Why will you not agree to I am not eligible for the exchange. I so she's, she's not eligible. It's a great question. Why isn't theirs changing? Because they've opted out or they got the exemption, all that. But to me, I think he asked the question that millions want to know. If it's so great, if it's so wonderful, and we've talked about this and I know I'm beating the dead horse, but if it's so awesome, then why aren't you getting it? The person that runs it isn't part of it. And I spoke to a, a coworker today who literally said, well, she's doing the best she can. And I said, stop. Let's change this up a little bit. Say she was the pilot on your plane. You said what? Stop. Let's change this up a little bit. Okay. It's almost like stop collaborating. Collaborate and listen. and listen, okay. Let's say... You have a subpar pilot on the plane. I don't know. They're flying a plane into, say, San Francisco, and they don't – Stop right there. I don't care what happens. To <laughs> fly it into Texas, pilot, and you the, got my ear. The pilot is not checked out on that plane. He doesn't know how to fly that plane, or she doesn't know how to fly that plane. Do you want them doing the best they can? You can't say you... she doesn't know how to fly that plane. It's a white male, and he doesn't know how to fly that plane. <laughs> there you go. Or, or would you rather have somebody that's dialed into it? What, uh, it doesn't is, matter. He's doing the that, best he can. How is that achievable now? How is that okay, that excuse? You know why it's okay? Because everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> that's exactly failure, it. Failure is <laughs> We is, celebrate mediocrity we on a do. regular basis. And so you do the best you can, and <laughs> that's good enough. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. But fortunately, because... But that's the answer to your question. This is the most important thing. We finally ask who's going to take responsibility for it, and Sibelius decides it's her time. Who is in charge, Madam Secretary? The person now in charge as an integrator is QSSI, one of our... Who was in charge as it was being built? was in charge uh, up to... At that team, who is the individual? Michelle Snyder is the... Michelle Snyder is the one responsible for this debacle. Well, excuse me, Congresswoman. Michelle Snyder is not responsible for the debacle. Hold me accountable for the debacle. I'm responsible. Thank you. I yield back. Okay. 
So, all right, we finally have some clarification. She, Sibelius, is responsible. Right. Which is kind of weird. So is it called Sibelius Care? It, well, there was another time that she was being questioned about responsibility. Uh-huh. And they asked, and this is what she said. It Same the testimony, by the way. ultimate responsibility, correct? Um, you clearly, uh, whatever. Yes, he is the president. He is responsible for government programs. My time has expired. Gentlemen's time has expired. Well, wait a second. So you are testifying in front of Congress, and you say, oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever, Congressman. You're worthless to me. I am above you. Don't you know I'm a secretary? Right. How many times have we seen this? Listen, I don't work for you. I work for the president, okay? He is the supreme dictator. How many times have we seen this dismissive behavior by appointees of this president towards Congress? Congress has I legislated pull- itself obsolete. Do the you realize that? Hearings, the same type of thing. One of the correlations I draw between this and at least the last Benghazi hearing, one Democrat stayed on and the rest of them walked out. And now it's when um, the parents of the two Navy SEALs were testifying. This one, Democrats walked out when the parents of the Navy yeah. SEALs testified? Yeah. Oh, that's classy. Very classy. At least this time, they stayed on and asked softball questions. So they're getting better at it. But how dare an appointed, not even elected official, an appointed official goes in front of Congress and drops the word whatever, like you're bothering her. It's your job to answer these questions. You were put in charge. You were the one who was supposed to make this all work, and you didn't. You have to expect to get on the hot seat. You've seen what happened in every other phony scandal that this White House complains but about. that's the problem with an administrative state where Congress has legislated itself obsolete, as I've said before, because they've delegated so much power to administrative officers and so forth and, and members of the executive. Look, we have executive branches of government that write rules and regulations that have the force of law. And these are unelected officials that are doing this. Uh, EPA, for example. Czars. Okay. Um, That's what we're in. So when you have a Congress that has given away this much power, and you have an executive and a federal government, but an executive that is this powerful and has seized this much power and says, no, you will do this, or no, I will not sign this, or whatnot, it, that's what you get. Yeah. It, it, it's mind-boggling It's not to surprising. Me. So when we finally, a Democrat stands up, and uh, she's going to ask Sibelius some questions, and fortunately she's going to set her straight. This is Jan Skikowski. I can't even say that without laughing. This is Jan Skikowski and what the Republicans need to do with uh, the Obamacare Thank law. you, Madam Secretary, for bringing to millions of Americans access to affordable, millions. comprehensive health care coverage that's going to be there when they, they need it. I want to thank you, especially as a, a woman. Women can no longer, being a woman, can no longer be considered being a pre-existing condition. Women can no longer be charged more what? than a man for the same coverage. Women have it is a pre-existing condition. <laughs> You're born that way. You were born way. that way. Just like being a male is a pre-existing condition. <laughs> oh, by the way, just so you know, on one of the health care plans I was looking at um, that, that's now being offered to me because mine went away, I qualify for so much maternity leave and birth control um, in vitro. Um, no, not in vitro. I qualify for a lot of things that if I was a woman having a baby – Man, would I be good? But why? But you're a man, not having a baby. Yeah, it so why matter. should you We're pay for same. that? 
We're all the same. Why should you pay for that? No, it's all the same. But why would you? They don't even. But why? The two don't even matter. But how come you? Huh. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Starting it again. Thank you, Madam Secretary, for bringing to millions of Americans access to affordable, comprehensive health care coverage that's going to be there when they, they need it. I want to thank you, especially as a, a woman. Women can no longer, being a woman, can no longer be considered being a pre existing condition. Women can no longer be charged more than a man for the same coverage. Women have access to comprehensive benefits like prescription drugs and free preventive screenings and free contraceptive coverage and maternity care, which is often left out of coverage. Um, and the days of complicated pregnancy or diabetes or domestic violence being a pre-existing condition, those days are over. You know, I want to say to my colleagues, after a three-and-a-half-year campaign, to uh, repeal, to discredit, to even shut down the government over, over Obamacare, I want to say get over it. We all agree that there are problems, but these are problems that I see being fixed. And so I, I want to, uh, to ask uh, one, oh, and I want to, to say that what we did under uh, Medicare Part D can be an example of how we can work together. And in fact, Chairman Upton and I both sent a letter asking for more money for community-based groups oh, to help implement the Thank program goodness. and make it work. We can work together. So if you could just briefly say, how are the navigators, how important are they in making this Criminal. system work for the American people? <laughs> Uh, and, and that was a direct quote. That was the direct I'm, quote at I'm the end. Crazy. First of all, you want to know how important those navigators are? Nobody's going to be able to steal your information faster, better, more dialed. I mean, they will absolutely be able to loot you blind now. That's how efficient those navigators are because they don't pass any sort of background check for the most part. No, it's going to be fine. They work for the federal government. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, frustrating. Frustrating. So you have this train wreck. I thought you were going to say troll. You have this troll whose bridge go. called and wants her back. But you also have this train train wreck uh, of uh, rollout on health care. And you have all these people looking for legitimate answers. And then you have this wingnut, lunatic, broad, <laughs> who is going to... I want everyone else to get over it. I asked for more money from Medicare yeah. Party. You need to get over it. No, we don't need to get over yeah, it. Hang on. Listen, woman. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Nobody has to get over anything. Why is Jessica punching you right now? It's not a big deal. Ow. Oh, this is because good. it's their job not to get over it. It's, it's their job to know that this is going to screw. You know what that was? Screw. Oh. And what so they difference have, does it make? It's that same mentality that whatever. Yeah, it's that exact same dismissive. You are half as smart as I am, and you need to shut up and do what you're told. And it's absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. And now we're going to make it. And this chick has no idea what she's <laughs> even saying, really. I mean, <laughs> this wench goes on this narrative. She's supposed to be asking questions. And you got some broad up there giving some just this statement, this dissertation. 
What a dingbat. What a dingbat. <laughs> this well, wench doesn't even know what she's talking about. Well, this is probably a good time to segue into this call. Red, white, and blue. That's a joke, son. A flag waver. Our good friend Rooster from conservativeoutcry.net is on the air as we speak. Rooster, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm great. Dames is the worst. You know that? Dames! <laughs> Dames! How I do we miss Dames? Because we weren't sk- born in 1903. Right. Well, skirt? <laughs> skirt. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you'd love this part of the show, Rooster. Yeah, i got to tell you guys. We kids. This is a great show. Tonight is a great show. You've had me engaged all night long. Thank you for giving me Jessica. I I, <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed our call. Um, She's some broad who answers the phone. Here. <laughs> Clint, I love your plan. You like it? I do, I do. I have a plan too. <laughs> Actually, I I have I have two plans. Where's the mute button? Okay. Okay. No, no mute but um, the first one is I, I think we got to rename the Tea Party the Sons of Liberty. I like it. I love and bring uh, and bring them back because you know if this were back in the will hate that though. Wait, how's how's about the Sons of Liberty and some broads too? <laughs> like, can we name it that? No, because I think suffrage is the, is the cause of all these problems. The suffrage movement. <laughs> Okay, so Sons of Liberty, I like it. What I, I else? do like Sons of Liberty. I really actually. do. I think that's a great name, Rooster. And 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 I will, you know, if this if this were the middle to late 1700s, I have a feeling I'd be writing more than just a blog right now. I would be one of the the founding fathers. Well, you're old I really enough. Would. <laughs> All right, and with that, I am going to drop the fuck bomb on you right now. <laughs> And, you know, because I, I love. I, I, I know you love. And, and by the way, congratulations on the uh, the, the Red Sox win, Sean. I appreciate um, that. Word of, caution, word of caution, that erection you're sporting now, if it lasts more than four hours, you need to seek. <laughs> he can't because he got dropped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not allowed to go to the doctor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's here's the problem, Mary. I'm going to quote Mary again because Mary said earlier that there's not She's enough of us. She said there's not enough of us, and that goes to my second plan: breeding. We need to breed <laughs> conservatives, and I've been freezing my sperm. I offered some. I offered some to Jessica earlier. Um, <laughs> How very German of you. Yes, how very German. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not I'm not looking to get looking rid to get of the, the, the liberal movement. I'm just looking to build on the conservative movement. But but I don't want normal conservatives. I want roosters. <laughs> I want little roosters all over the place. You'd call those chicks. <laughs> or cock. You want cock everywhere. What? No, what let's not even this. go down this road whoa, right whoa, now. Whoa. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I, I already offered Jessica the chance to carry my seed with Sasha's <laughs> permission. <laughs> For her country. Well, you know what, though? I, all joking aside, Rooster, and I know you're not joking, but that's okay. Um, I, I it am is, joking. My apologies I, to 
is I, the fair maiden, Jessica. Um, I know you're kidding. Um, but one of the things that you do have to do is people need to start educating their children at home about mm-hmm. this country. And I, I, I know many great people that do that on their own because what gets taught in school now is, is, crap. is complete crap. And then they come home and they have these ridiculous ideologies about how the country is. And, you know, they talk about just how the Republicans are these awful people. And this didn't happen. You look at even 9-11. How long ago that happened? You know, and they're already changing history for these upcoming kids. And they're pulling out the fact that they were Islamic extremists that attacked us. They just put them in as terrorists. Or I'm sure in the next 20 years it will be disgruntled extremists or disgruntled something. something And not a word about World War II. Exactly. Not yeah. a single no, I, word about World War II. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Uh, you look at uh, um, what happened to the Jews in World War II. That's not taught anymore. How Midway, millions? Open hour. Terrible. Midway. Iwo Jima. You talk More about people uh, died on Open hour than than D Day, and, and nobody knows that. Yeah. Guadalcanal. And the list does go on and on. We don't teach enough about the heroes of this country. We don't teach enough about what they were fighting for, why they were fighting. They don't, um, we don't teach enough about the great people in this country that have made a difference. Um, you know, you ask somebody who Frederick Douglass is, and they go, they have no idea. No idea. You know what? We don't, we don't teach how America saved China's ass through volunteers yeah. and the Flying Tigers. Flying Tigers. Or how we saved Happy the Born French's to. ass yeah. in World War II. I mean, America. We did kind of owe them one from the revolution, but they never said thank you. We said thank you a lot. We did say well, thank no, you. Well, no, they, they didn't say thank you because when they when they landed, it wasn't it the Vichy French that uh, killed thirty thousand men before they finally said, "Okay, we give up." I believe you're right. I, I I don't have that fact in front of me right away, but I think you're right. Yeah, I am right. <laughs> I'm sorry to even think about question. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the French. Fuck them. And you know hey, what? I hope NSA is tapping into their leader's did, phone calls did you right know now. That their flag, did you know that their flag actually has red and blue on it as well? I didn't know that. Did I you know that? All white. I did. To be, to be honest. I didn't know that. I thought their flag was all white. You know what's also. funny? Is I saw a great quote the other day that the solar radiation, uh, the American flags that we put on the moon, the solar radiation has wiped them white. And somebody said, oh, great, now the next time someone goes to the moon, they're going to assume the French were here first. That's great. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, real quick. Yeah. You know, I haven't written, I haven't written in a while, and I've been, I've been kind of uh, bummed out. You because have there's, been. there's so, so much to write about, and, and I just I haven't had the passion for writing. I invite everybody listening to the program to read H.R. 2775. Okay. And, and, and that was the, the, the continuing resolution to, to open up the government again and mm-hmm. uh, raise the debt ceiling. Right, so you would think that there's only two sections in there. First, open the government. Second, raise the debt ceiling. Isn't there like 15 or something ridiculous? Uh, more than that. And I'll give you a hint. Every time you see uh, extends authority or provides or, or, or the word clarifies, it means money, money, money. And, uh, you know, uh, extends authorization for the construction of the Olmstead locks and dams. That oh, bought McConnell. Yeah, yeah, that, that was bought Kentucky McConnell off. Uh, here's, the one that really, here's, the, here's the one that really got me. 
$174,000 as a gratuity to Laufenberg's widow. What? What? Provides a gratuity of $174,000 to the widow of Senator Laufenberg. Tax-free, and she's a multimillionaire. Now, what the fuck is that? That's insanity. I did not it hear is insanity. That. Section you know, 146 of HR 2775. Read it and, and, and just cry. What section did you say it was? HR 146. HR yeah, but what section? Section 146. Wow, so this bill has 146 sections, sections at least? Um, no, it goes up to 158. But well, why oh, wouldn't there it? There it is. I, I do see it. Wow, that is just obnoxiously insane. And, and that's you know, what bums me out. Section people section, people don't read section this. Section 145. Yeah. Right. Notwithstanding any other provision of this joint resolution, there is appropriated for payment to Bonnie Engelbert Lutenberg, widow of Frank late senator from New Jersey, $174,000. Now, she's worth $56 million. Well, let's give her another $174,000 tax-free. Why not, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, they don't care what they spend money on. We've already proven that no, time they don't. again. And, and, and you I, know, I'm hoping for a cure for herpes in 2014 because we need to remove these cankerous, pus-filled sores that have passed this sort of thing. the Congress. Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. On both sides of the aisle. How can a Republican stand up and say that they are fighting to keep government spending down and let that go? No, they, there's, no, there's no excuse for that. That's the problem. There's no excuse Absolutely for that. Absolutely not. And, they'll t- and you know what? It's one of those things, too, where it happens. They have the emotional argument of, um, you know, oh, well, she's hurting. And people won't look into her worth. People that are unknown – to who she is, they'll just think that's a nice thing. Well, you know, maybe it's kind of a nice thing. But 174,000... People, people, people need to read these things. They're well, out they there. They're and available. That's the they need to read them. And that's a segue back into Obamacare. Uh, no. Do the minions know what a deductible is? No. No. You know, they think no. they're getting all this free health care. It doesn't start until you spend $5,000 out of pocket. And the people that Obama claims he's trying to help, they don't have $5,000. Right. Well, that's, that's why, why they're why all they didn't have health care in the first place. That's why they're all signed grant, up for Medicaid. Granted, they're going to get uh, free birth control. Well, they're going to the get a lot of free stuff. The guy in line behind that person getting free birth control is going to try to get his blood pressure pills, and they're going to say, oh, that'll be a car payment because you haven't met your deductible yet. Yeah. Can you imagine? And, and it's so sold people, under the guy. People don't understand. Thing. But then the guy behind them, uh, you know, take, take me, for instance. Maybe if I wanted to go on hormone therapy and grow myself a nice big set of tits, I bet you that's going to be free. Well, no, at that point, you would just go to prison. Right, and then get it paid for. And then get it pay- you know what you should do by the taxpayers. is um, uh, go to federal prison, say Leavenworth, then say you've been living as a woman your whole life and demand that the federal government takes care of it. And then you can take it to court and they deny just, it and you'd win it. Yeah. I'm just angry at this I, point. I, don't, I really am. I know you've been angry, angry, and I know you've seen it on Twitter. I, 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 we have every right and to I'm be angry. angry. At, I'm angry at both sides of the aisle. 
Well, yeah, they're both responsible for this. And I know Ken's on hold. We're gonna we'll run a little bit long tonight, a few minutes, nothing too crazy. But um, no, I agree. Both sides need to be held accountable for their actions. You know, both sides who went into this. We said it on the shutdown show. We came back after this they reopened the government. System this is why the two party system needs to go away. Yep, because they're more worried but about party power than they are the good of the people. And they need to be eradicated from their comfortable little way about them, and, and just not where's, even. Where's the media? Where's the media explaining the Praetorian Guard? That we just gave hundred and seventy four thousand dollars to a They'll never cover that. Where's the they'll never cover where's that. the where's the media explaining to the to the misinformed what a deductible is? Yeah, it, it'll never cover that because it goes against it goes against the agenda. Listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's my belief that there are many in the media who decide that when it becomes state media, they want to be in good graces with the party in power so they can be a part of it. It's no longer media. It, it really has become propaganda on many levels. There are very few true journalists left out there. So it, it's right there. We've talked about it before. So, Ken, in order for our plan to work, do you, you like the plan? Rooster. Rooster, I'm sorry. Did I say Ken? Yeah. I apologize, Rooster. My brain isn't functioning. Um, at this point of the show, yeah, honestly, I think I think the, the the key is to just shut Washington down. Come up with a third party. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. It just needs to be enough to to just make a stink, and 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 make the Republicans merge with the Democrats, the so-called rhinos that are out there, and and, and have absolutely nothing happen. All right, absolutely I agree. Absolutely nothing. And, well, you know. You know and, and, you know, if people, you know, they need to read. And, 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 and the media needs to report. I mean, these people are running around saying, look at this, I'm getting free shit. They're not getting free shit. They're going to pay for it. And, 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 no, no, and no, they they're not going to pay for it. Somebody else is. Somebody else well, we're going to pay for it. Exactly. And, and, you know, you got, these, you got these insurance companies out there. They're not the bad people. You know why they're in business? Because they've learned how to rate risk. Yeah, and they went back to the government and said, "If you want them to pay this, this is what you're going to get, and this is what it's going to cost, and hence you get a five thousand dollar deductible and eight thousand dollar deductible. But we'll do everything you're asking, but we're not going to lose money on this. If not, well, we're just going to go away." And like I said, and even though it's not happening, the the administration is going to try to make them the bad guys, and it's blowing up in their face. Bruce, oh, and by the way. Oh, go ahead. Okay. And by, and by the way, um, pre-existing condition, um, there's there's one that does count, and that's if you smoke a cigarette from time to time because you have to tell them that. Yeah. Well. And watch what, hap- watch what happens to your rates when you do that. Yeah, it's amazing. Idiots. All the things that they Idiots. don't like. They're, eventually, they're it'll be a calorie count. Idiots. We're eventually going to have to keep a calorie count every day of what we eat and how we eat it and all that stuff and bring it to our doctor in order to stay on the plan. Brewster from conservativeoutcry.net. Thank you so much for your call tonight, sir. Thanks, Brewster. Hey, bye, guys. Bye, Take buddy. Care. And we're going to go from one to the other because we get we love getting tag teamed. Wait, that didn't. It doesn't matter. That didn't sound good. Ken from the Exceptional Conservative Show. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we only have a few minutes, Ken. How how are yeah. you, sir? I'm doing extremely well. Great show. I really enjoyed it. You captivated the audience. You kept us awake. Uh, and uh, doing these That's most a- grueling and perpetuous times. Uh, so uh, thank you. Good job, man. Keep it up. 
Thank, thank you. What do you think of Agenda much. 17? Uh, well, I, I I thought that the Agenda 16 movie was good. Uh, I didn't like Alex Trebek being the star. Uh, <laughs> but Agenda 17, when it comes out, I think it's going to do well. I really do. Right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You know, that gets funnier the more I think about it. Yes. <laughs> that took no, a second it, it, at first to hit, and then as we started to go, you started to go on. It got really funny at the end. <laughs> no, I, I think Agenda 17 will work. I really do. Well, I I think it's a great, like I said, I can't take any credit for it. I have to give all all the credit to my partner on that one. He's the one that uh, came up with it, and that's the type of guy that he is. He's always thinking about ways to save our republic and keep it the way it is. I haven't, I haven't heard it anywhere else. That doesn't mean I'm the first one to think of it. So if somebody else thought of it out there, um, I haven't read but it. But you know, you should be the first. You should be the first person to trademark it. I mean, it's, hey, the liberals give you Agenda 21. We give you Agenda 17. 17. I thought that was that's right. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's theirs. This is ours. I mean, what's wrong with that? We let people choose which one they want. Exactly. You know what? I, I really think, and, I, and I'll leave you out there. I say this. I really think it's time for us to turn the corner as conservatives and, and libertarians, and and really, I, I think Sibelius' approach is the right one to have. Whatever. Uh, Benghazi, whatever. Fast and Furious, whatever. That stuff doesn't matter. You know what matters? Taking back the House, taking back the Senate, and taking back the White House with true conservatives. See, that's what matters. There you well, go. And then a lot of the other stu- a lot of the other stuff can be fixed. See, I, th- I think I think that matters, but I think what matters more is taking back the country um, through conservative principles by uh, by by calling a constitutional convention. And, uh, Socko, and hit the music. Doing it the right way. Ready? <laughs> hit it, Socko. Patrick music. Well, we know we can't. I know we should. <laughs> shaky group thing should come in. I'm gonna leave you before our show, and we're gonna wrap it up. Ken, thank you so much. Thank for you very much, us. Ken. You all. Where can folks find you? Conser- uh, Probably in prison. Show. <laughs> Probably in prison. No. First of all, it'll be a gulag, and you know what? I want to make sure we're all housed in the same unit. So at least we can enjoy each other's company. Right. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> you know what? In some ways, it might not be too bad. Only because we'd be telling penis jokes for the first, like, 21 weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, what size is your fry? Anyway. <laughs> Monday through Thursday, the Exceptional Conservative Show is on with our good friend Ken. Make sure you check him out. I'll send you a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Wiener. (laughs) I think he prefers Carlos, but that's not important right now. We're going to leave you this week with one of my favorite minutes and seven seconds of Obama and Obama and his protective order claiming everything that he did know or didn't know and how we found out. We'll see you next Wednesday night here on the Sackheads Radio Show, 8 o'clock Pacific, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern. Check us out, sackheadsradio.com, and on Twitter at I have, Sackheads. I have a question. What is Sibelius, who is in fact a witch, mm-hmm. I believe, what is she going to dress up as for Halloween? Ooh. 
How about a taxpayer? Ooh. That'd be fun. How's about an Obamacare subscriber? <laughs> Special thanks to our good friend Sako on the board, Jessica on Jessica, the phone. thank you for putting up with Rooster. My good friend, I will see you in two weeks, but I will talk to you next week. We will Have talk a... to you next week, and congratulations on your Red Sox, Hey, my thanks friend. a lot. Go Sox, Boston strong. I heard on the news about this story that uh, Fast and Furious, uh, where uh, allegedly... Uh, Guns were being run into Mexico. Do you know when he first knew that there was a problem? Well, I think it became clear fairly early on, uh, the first couple of days. That so not before that, though? Not before no. October 1st? When did you first learn that the IRS was targeting conservative political groups? Uh, I first learned about it from the same news reports that I think most people uh, learned about. When did the president find out about the Department of Justice's subpoenas for the Associated Press? Uh, yesterday. And I mean, we feel, let me just be clear. We don't have any independent knowledge of that. He found out about the news reports uh, yesterday on the road. I certainly did not know anything about the IG report before the IG uh, report had been leaked through press. This is a question off Melinda. Has the president been briefed about what has developed on that? I think he's probably read some, some news accounts of it. I'm not aware that he's been briefed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.